Hello, welcome to another episode of Hide and Go Seek. Uh, what episode is this? Do you know? This is episode six, I think. Six? Let's call yeah. it six. So, um, our premise for this is one that's going. We're just going to talk about classic TV shows. Uh, I know a couple weeks ago we just did current TV shows that we like, but we're going to take a little step backwards, a little flashback into our childhood and before we were alive, and what TV shows we like watching back from then and on Netflix and stuff, but we went to, uh, we were talking about something before we went on this podcast, and I was like, wait, why waste it on nothing? We could put it on a recorded format. Uh, just to tie into the video game talk from last week, um, uh, we were talking about, um, if, it, if anyone knows about the Call of Duty franchise, how long has that been around for? It's been, it's been going for a very long time, um, at least since the early 2000s. Like, I'd say... Probably like 2003, I'm going to say, was Call of Duty um, firstly uh, released on the PC. So that was, it was a very, um, it was primarily like a, a, a PC shooter. And at the time it was World War II uh, set shooter, which there were lots of them. But this and I would say with Battlefield and Medal of Honor were like the three that were, were, uh, were set up to be these are like the prime prime ones that everyone really likes. Sure. Uh, so um, the first game was World War Two, right? Yes. And I think I remember playing that one where it's just used. It's like basically saving Private Ryan. Well, in real terms, it was the Battle of Normandy. Not <laughs> wasn't based on the movie. It's based on but the the feel of how they're going for was more than likely based on saving Private Ryan. I, I would definitely Probably. agree with that because you know the camera and then the you know but just like the and the scope of everything but so obviously the the opening scene was based on Battle Normandy and then went from there from the the U.S. invasion of France well not France but the um, not invasion of France but the maybe uh, liberating of France yes uh, so that's and then went through there and then um, <coughs> did all the other Call of Duty games did jump right to modern day. After that, oh, no, wait, they had like two or three still in World War Two, right? So there was, uh, <clears throat> so the, the, after the first one, there was a few expansions, and um, especially, uh, and then the proper sequels were, uh, were two, which was more of World War Two, but also set in new new countries. Um, There's a Russia campaign, which is fantastic. There's one of my favorite uh, just moments in video games when you're playing as a, a Russian Russian. Russian soldier, and you're you're hiding out underneath these uh, these tracks, and then uh, these tanks actually just roll. No, they, they don't kill you, but you're watching them roll over top of the the viewpoint that you're under. It's a great cinematic moment. Of it really sets up the feeling of you're just a soldier, and there's so much against you. That's a great moment. One of my favorite moments in in Call of Duty. So, would you say uh, after those games? It jumps into modern warfare, into batshit madness, and they just <laughs> killing zombies in an extra feature of the game. So it's going from like you know very like respectful and like you know, very uh, yeah. reverent of uh, the people that gave their lives for this country into like let's kill all the zombies. <laughs> exactly. There's uh, yeah, especially in, in two and two and three, there was the aspect of um, like when you die, there was uh, the, the quotes of war. Would come up, but it was like all about that. valor and honor and uh, sacrifice we will do. But then a little bit in four, but then the sequel to Call of Duty Four, um, Modern Warfare Two, there were kind of <clears throat> there was an interesting kind of a, a shift 
in tone for the quotes where it was leaning into a sense of um, anti-patriotism where some of the quotes were by like um, I think it was Dick Cheney and a little bit like there was a, a sense of um, irony. Or? Yeah. There was like this weird, a disconnect between what they used to do and what they were doing now. And also to further it, there was a, I think that there was a medal you get or like an award in the multiplayer or something. It was called, um, it was joint ops and they're definitely, it's pandering to a certain part of, of the gaming community. So mm-hmm. like, because then there was, there was probably like, yeah, yeah a lot of uh, gamers were like, oh man, <laughs> join ops. You get it? Why? I'm just kind of. Wait, uh, what is, I don't get that joke. Or... I was, um, so uh, join ops and then it would have, it was, uh, <laughs> it had like some weed leaves. Like, uh, oh, joint, of, like as so in like joint, joint ops. Yeah, join uh, ops, bro. And so then, uh, like it was taking that franchise <clears> that started as a, res- and like I said, reiterating and respectful into like, Fucking weed, dude. Yeah, like, fucking night, let's go kill some. Yeah, like, kill yeah. some terrorists. And it's very, it was an, an interesting shift in a jingoistic nature for a video game series where it had originally has started out. When, I mean, even the title is The Call of Duty, which is very, evokes this, this sense of yeah. what you're doing in the title country. itself. Well, most people would think jingoistic is just a type of weed that they would smoke. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't know what the actual definition of that would be. Yeah. So moving forward, uh, we're, we we kind of started this because uh, Brandon rented a Modern Warfare three um, uh, from the library. I know I just said we rented a video game from the library, <laughs> but skip over that part. Yeah. Um. Uh. But um. We we're just talking about you know just it was kind of weird playing on the Wii. Um. But uh, we talked started talking about um the state of Modern Warfare because I saw on a news blurb that. The newest, uh, what's the newest one? It's just like oh, it's uh, Infinite Warfare, which it, it takes place. It has Donald Trump quotes <laughs> right after you die, right? That's why the the, the infer- that's why the warfare is infinite. It's, 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 it's going. never going. It's, gonna, like, it's, a, it's a hell. Point, yeah, we were like um, maybe we can stop this. Inf- it used to be it was, it was a finite warfare. It'll no, end at some point. No, it just yeah. keeps going. Uh, this nightmare. Um. <clears throat> uh, anyway. <laughs> um. Uh, and then I was just talking about um, the red somewhere that sales were down fifty percent. That's a I remember um, I'm not a huge vape gamer guy, but I remember reading a couple years ago that like the sales of one of the Call of Duties was the biggest like selling thing in all of entertainment. Or it was yeah. like it was how much money because it's sixty dollars game and if it, times how many people buy it. It's yeah. like you know let's say like whatever like. 600 million in a week. That's like more than any movie or book that's ever made. So yeah. I think that was like the statistic, whatever. So, and just, we're, and it's seeing, we're seeing like the downfall of that basically. When what were you saying before, when, before we start recording, you were saying that, um, you can, you saw this trend coming or you, you can kind of point to it. Uh, you know, there's a, cause you, you're talking about, you can just start talking. So <laughs> it is really fascinating to look at this with, uh, the most recent release in warfare with its, uh, its sales being down, and comparing it to the most recent um, iterations of the game, uh, last year it being um, it was Black Ops Three, which was received favorably, but people were starting to see a, a little bit of the Call of Duty, the freshness to the, the to the game was losing, uh, lo- losing the uniqueness to each game, and then before that was Advanced Warfare. 
which was again fine. I I actually played it and beat the campaign in a couple hours at my friend's house in one sitting, and it was a fine enough uh, game, but again didn't really have much uniqueness and kind of like a fresh take on it. And then even before that, it was called Duty Ghosts, which is I think as far as I remember is I think it was the worst received almost of all the Call of Duties because it was said to be just it. This the the, the storyline was again not very fresh and or interesting and kind of not really offering much um, to, to to players and it's fascinating to to look at this and seeing a downward trend of Call of Duty with this one I've seen people have some favorable impressions of it but because of recent years there hasn't been uh, there's kind of been a loss of interest and faith in the in the developer. And because of this, there was almost, you, you can almost see, like, with Activision, the publisher, didn't have too much faith, didn't have too much faith in this one, didn't advertise it as much, you didn't hear too much about it, and it just kind of came out. And even their E3 presentations were fine, but they weren't particularly something you would we'd talk about as soon as the presentation ended. Like, years past, you had, you, you had that E3 presentation. You wanted to talk to people, you wanted to talk to people about it and like you want to play that now. This is more like it looks cool, but I can wait on it. And you, you can almost tell with the other uh, the publishers and games had kind of seen this coming, such as EA uh, had who were, who were almost the competitors to Activision, who's a publisher to Call of Duty. With EA, they own both makers of uh, Battlefield. And ironically, the makers of Timefall, who were at one point the d developer of the Call of Duty series, specifically Call of Duty 4 and Modern Warfare, until there was some tension, they actually had left before the third Modern Warfare and uh, instead did Titanfall. <clears throat> and what's interesting is that with um, Battlefield 1, it, it was positioned before Call of Duty and Titanfall. Almost right after, right before uh, the new Call of Duty was released, and it's almost like the developer, the publisher, could kind of see there was this trend coming of people losing faith in Call of Duty and thinking, okay, if we release these two right now in this year, right before Call of Duty, if we can shake them of the Call of Duty buying habit, almost like Madden, where oh. every year you're like, oh, you know, I love Call of Duty. So what like came out? So I noticed Battlefield One came out, and that's all about World War One, right? Yeah, so that's like the the old, more old school feel to it, like uh, the very classic. And uh, so people Call of Duty from stuff. Call of Duty made that. Some mm -hmm. people. It, it was um, the people from from Call of Duty made Titanfall. Uh, oh, uh, so did Titanfall <clears throat> came out this year? Yeah. So like the so, so the new one for that came out. What's that year. about? So that is about um, sort of again like a f interestingly enough um, that one's also like a futuristic uh, setting and uh, interesting to compare it to the new uh, just Call of Duty, but this one is about um, a Call of Duty. It's about a uh, a setting with um, on another planet where in instead of uh, Soldiers mostly playing the war. It's actually a lot of the times it's using um, these these mech suits, and these mech suits are actually called um, 
the Titans, which is where the what the title comes into play. And a big part of it is that uh, they actually have some some sentience are able to think for themselves, and a big part of the campaign is uh, that there's a soldier who's who's going in, and he's actually working with his friend's uh, his friend's Titan, who his friend had died. So he's kind of taking up this Titan and interacting with him, trying to figure out how do you work with these machines. I have a question. Um, that sounds dumb. <laughs> it's not really a question. <laughs> it's like, well, it comment on that. Comment. Um, <laughs> even though it does sound dumb, I will I will counter with no. <laughs> it's actually it's actually awesome. Um, because like. So, and it's actually really cool because, like, in the trailer and in, in the campaign, the the Titan almost has like a personality to it. So it's similar to like almost like if you had a dog, but it was giant and armored, and nothing like a dog actually. Uh, then, uh, but like you have this awesome like assistant who you can hop into the like hop inside and then use to like murder your enemies. Interesting. Um, it, and uh, stick my my point. It sounds dumb. Is it not dumb? <laughs> it's not actually. It's. Um, pretty, I, I will say, probably something that might convince you it's not dumb is that people have compared, especially the late, uh, especially the second half of the game. You have uh, some enemies that you fight where you're actually able to hear them talking. They're they're almost like taunting you. And, uh, it, was, it was kind of like a a rivalry that's happening. You're kind of like just bantering your enemies, similar to. Star Fox uh, 64. So just imagine like Star Fox, how they you always get like taunts from Wolf um, when like he flies in. He's like not so fast, Star Fox. And I then, like but you're you're like shooting them and like you're you're, you're running around in a giant mech suit. Interesting. So, are you any are you any animals in those suits? No. Mm. So it's still not. Kind of awesome. <laughs> that, that, that was the clincher. Yeah, yeah, I, I could get into it. That happened. Anyway, so um, now we just want to yeah start off the podcast with a little follow up from last week, uh, like video game talk. You know, maybe we'll do another full one about video games. But uh, for this one, I'm just going to transition to you know talking about like uh, video games of the past. You know, Call of Duty, Pack of Mech 2003, and all that. Uh, you know, this was on the air in 2003. Frasier. Yeah. Frasier is a great TV show. So we're just going to transition to um, basically we're going to have this episode classic TV shows. We're just going to talk about, um, you know, some of the... I think I already explained this, but... Uh, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> so, Frasier. Let's just talk about that for a while. Yeah. Um, this is basically... Because I've been watching this um, almost nonstop since last week. Nice. And it's amazing. And um, just to give you a little background, it's a... If, if someone in the world doesn't know this, uh, Frasier started out in Cheers. He started out in, like, 1983 and 1984. I never actually watched Cheers that much, but pretty good yeah i'll take it into it but um uh fraser started there as a character but then he spun off on his own in 93 and um and it's a great show and um i just want to talk about it a little bit i don't know if uh now that i'm thinking i can't really feel a podcast about it but um <laughs> i think um I'm, i mean, i i have a bad memory about fraser but i was i was curious if like also people who don't really know about like how would you describe fraser like why why do you like Frasier as a sitcom compared to other sitcoms of that era, or even similar uh, similar style? Great question. Uh, it's great. 
That's why. What's your name? Oh, it's it's Brandon. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> what? No, I was saying like if uh, <laughs> that's what you would say. If uh, it sounded like a Q and A. Oh, it's oh, your, oh, okay. Yeah. I got it. Like, oh. what's your name, kid? I'm Brandon. Uh, um. Yeah, like, um, just about Frasier, just, uh, you know, it's just very smart writing, and it's got, like, a great pedigree from people who worked on Cheers and other, like, sit, like, people, like, stem from, like, um, Norman Lear shows, like, All in the Family, and Jefferson's, they came from there, they went to Cheers, and from Frasier, uh, two of the, two of the writers from Cheers went to do Modern Family, uh, Steve oh, Levitan wow. and Christopher Lloyd, so, yeah, just, what makes... Frasier great was that um, it's just you know very smart writing. Um, people were kind of turned off on it for a while because you know just the Frasier was like the the psychiatrist on Cheers and he was all hoity toities uh, and he had lots of money and like he just he like the funnier things in life. Uh, so and it was about Frasier and his brother Niles Crane and um, so they uh, many people were turned off by it, but it's just very smart writing and. But they bounce it out. They have their fathers, Martin Crane. He's a little bit, he's more blue collar. He's a cop for many years until he got shot on the, on the job. And then uh, it was another, just uh, two other main supporting characters. Uh, Daphne's the uh, British um, uh, caretaker for Martin, who lives in Fraser's apartment with him, and then who uh, Niles develops a crush on during the series and eventually marries by the end. Um, uh, but uh, and then also, uh, Roz Doyle is Frazier's producer on uh, his radio show. Uh, also, I forgot to tell you, Frazier has a radio show um, in his sitcom. So, um, yeah, that's just what I just wanted to talk about. It was um, how great sh- that show was. And, uh, Brandon, what, what memories do you have of Frazier? Um, I'm trying to remember. Like, I have very, it's a very scattered uh, um uh, memories of Frasier where I mostly saw it on uh, just reruns. I remember at first I, I did almost have the same reaction to uh, Frasier as when I was young was just like, oh, he's he's so uptight and stuff. But then the more I watched it, the more I saw episodes, it just, I really loved that. There was such a great uh, tension and kind of almost a weirdness between the usual sitcoms, which would be about either um, a blue collar kind of worker or kind of a family like this but it was really great to see he's such a smart guy and he's very like, uptight and there's a lot of qualities you don't see in the usual uh things that sitcom but in this because of it it's it like really makes for a different style of of sitcom with it being like these this cast of characters that's so that's so different especially his uh his brother niles who has one of my favorite moments in this sitcom, I remember where I think it's Daphne is at one point um, in real life. The actress was was pregnant, but I think they wrote it into the show where they, they, they wrote it in that she, she, that she had just had gained a lot of weight. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite. <clears throat> it's one of my favorite scenes where she she falls over and she's not able to get up. And with Niles, he's trying to, to lift her up and he's having trouble. And with uh, with Daphne, she's talking about how she feels bad that like she 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 finally realizes that she like that um, she has gained all this weight and she's uh, kind of lamenting this. And Niles is his reaction is no, you're fine. You're um, 
as light as a feather. And he, and he, as he's trying to lift her up, and he's visibly like tension, and you mm-hmm. can see him really struggling with it. It's just, it's how he delivers that line is so great because he's he's trying to be so complimentary and but at the same time lift her up and having such a difficult time. And it's such a it's such a um such a great moment. I just I love those characters a lot. I think that's really speaks to the just how great those characters are. I love that. Yeah, it's and like it's great like physical comedy and like it was a, it was a broad comedy, but it just it played so well and I just said so much good writing, good sitcom writing. It's like a three act structure, supposedly like a play, but in your living room every week on a television. So that's why it was so good, and I think why it had and it still has lasting power. I mean. People talk about Friends debuted just a year after them and then ended the same year as them, but I mean, I'd argue that Frasier is a superior sitcom. I mean, I, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't grow up with Friends, so I don't have really that attachment, but I think Friends, I mean, Frasier just has that superior writing behind it, and just, I love every minute of it. So I definitely recommend it, and uh, people seek out it's on Netflix or it's on Amazon Prime. and DVDs are out there everywhere, so yeah, check it out. I just I love that show. Or VHS. If VHS. If you, you want to find all all uh, all seasons for, I'm guessing a dollar. Yeah, at this point. that's true. Yeah, yeah. So if you or or if you live in the late '90s, you can also get VHS. And if you're listening to us in the late '90s, <laughs> check us out. Um, we're currently seven and five, but yes, check us out on in our. Younger lives, if uh, <laughs> you're hearing this somehow in the 90s. Yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah, I just want to uh, throw it over you, Brandon. Um, uh, what what other classic TV show did you want to you know, just tell us about or you know, recommend? So I wanted to bring up the show, um, it's MASH. Oh, yes. Which I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with, but <clears throat> if you're not, it's about... Uh, it's about... Um, a group of doctors during the Korean War, and it's with a a pitch like that, you would expect it to be very very sad and dark, but it balances that with the the characters who are very funny and there's a lot of levity that's brought to the characters because of uh, who they are and in these situations that are it's it's great because they can also it can turn on a dime of being very realistic and heartbreaking then turn to being um very funny and it works really well because of the characters i think that's cool yeah so what i know about the show is um uh it takes place during the korean war in the 50s and um it's about well mash is a what's it what does mash stand for do you remember i don't remember that's right i feel but i yeah like (laughs) i know i've seen it on the show and every time i'm like oh that's cool and then i just it just goes away every time I'm, I I forget and then I see it again and it's like seeing it for the first time because I because I, I I just have very bad memory for acronyms for some reason and it and every time I see it I, I, it's like for the first time yeah that's alright um it basically Mash is just the um the medical unit in Korea so that's where you know the sick and the the you know, dying go there and then it's based on a Robert Altman film in the sixties I believe so. Um, yeah, just, to, and it's, but it takes it, um, tries to take a funny look at that life where, you know, it's full of doctors, but they try to make levity out of everything, and it's about living in a different area, and trying to get along with everyone, and just, um, you know, so, uh, what, and what was interesting, I always read about, um, you know, it's one of those first shows that, like, try to balance, it was 
it's you label it as a sitcom most definitely, but it had those moments of uh, you know, the death and dying and seriousness to it. So um, yeah, so um, it was just one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. And, um, yeah. and what, what what do you love about it? Did you ever explain that? So there's something I really like about it, and it's it's actually interesting you mentioned that where it's one of the first sitcoms to innovate on on the idea of uh, kind of of bringing in other real world elements but there is some interesting that happens where they'll actually have characters come in and then they'll leave not only because um such as because um of their death but there are other times where it's a doctor who comes in and he and then after a while he decides to leave and and someone else comes in and it's interesting that there is there is almost a rotating cast that kind of it cycles in over time and it, Definitely makes it a lot more realistic in a way that is refreshing for for a sitcom, even at the time where I mean, there's certain sitcoms where it just kind of just keeps going, and there's a sus- um, suspension of disbelief for, for for some of the characters to being friends for for so long, or or living together for such a long period of time. That doesn't really work. But what I love about the show is kind of having that that kind of uh, storylines of people, and they're able to evolve and kind of move on. Um, but then there's also the the characters who stay there the whole time, and there's that kind of the contrast between that that really strengthens each each part of that that cast. Where it's there's the people who can endure this, and then other people who other people who move on. And but in, but not in a way because they're because of their character. It's because of their storyline is. Is complete and it's able to kind of have have both of them in mind and be able to complete both their story arcs in a really a satisfying way. That I think is is very valuable for people who are interested in sitcoms or or comedic writing in a long form sense for characters. Yeah, I like that. Um, so um, so we're gonna move on to our next segment. Um, we don't really have segments on the show, but I don't know why I said that. So, we, should, we should have music. For yeah, they also just want like a little soundboard. We could probably download something like that. Yeah, we should make like a theme. We should do like a live theme song each time. Like, no, we shouldn't. Never mind. Yeah, I, just, uh, you didn't see my face right there. It just <laughs> went super sour and uninterested. But <laughs> no, I mean, like, I'd like to do that, but um, uh, I'm so lazy. Now. <laughs> uh, even doing this um, uh, is pretty tough for me. It's <laughs> just um, daunting. Um, so what we just want to talk about, um, next one was that, um, oh, uh, we were going to do modern, ver- or modern plot lines for all uh, the TV shows. We talked about Frasier and MASH, so, uh, I'll go first. The one I was thinking about for Frasier, um, it was kind of inspired by real life, but, um, it, it was just about two characters. I couldn't think of anything else, but, um, um, it'd be funny if, uh, so let's say Frasier and his dad lived together. That's thing on the show they live together um and uh frazier has a netflix account so frazier likes all you know on netflix all these like you know, good documentaries and like um you know like about gore vidal or uh, like you know about operas or whatever so he has like this whole like yeah. you know cue so but then he comes home every night and he chose to go to netflix and sees like you know what's recommended is all these like crazy like wacky movies and like you know like die hard or not well, well that's not a wacky movie but like they're like crazy, like just like different tastes from me. He's like, what's what's yeah. going on? So, but he finds out his dad and Martin is also these <laughs> the accounts. So, 
is is recommended is going to change the upside down. That'd be kind of a cute like storyline like to play with. Yeah. So it's modernized, but I couldn't think of anything else. But I'm sure um, if I put more thought into it, I'd yeah. get a little bit more into uh, like you know different dynamics mm-hmm. like with like Niles and Roz and uh, Daphne. Like what would they be doing? Like yeah. try to you know f- figure out a plot line for all of those guys. I like that because you can use that as a through line for the two characters where there's kind of a like each one is kind of seeing. The, these uh, on the on Netflix accounts, the, the recommendations, and each each one doesn't doesn't know why they're, they're getting it. Either his dad, he 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 keeps uh, clicking on Fraser's profile backs, and he's mm-hmm. getting all these doc- all these uh, these recommendations for uh, art house movies and uh, documentaries. He doesn't know why he can't can't find his like his comedy oh, stuff. And he can start watching one of them, and he starts to like them, and then vice versa. Yeah. Like Fraser, like Die Hard, or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. They can't admit to each other that, like, you know, <laughs> but, the, but I like that. That'd be kind of cool. They're finally like that, able to yeah. find something that's, like, even though, even if it is just just a movie, they're able to, uh, to bond over, uh, over, over really something they, 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 the, the, the two of them both like that they wouldn't expect, but there's value in, in what you don't know. I like that. So, uh, what, did you have an uh, idea for modernized version of Match? So, what I was saying, and I was saying about this, it would. It, it work. Uh, it, it would work in modernized version, and I was thinking it would be interesting to do this back um, when it was originally airing. But it would have been it would have been tough to do it in their in in the style of the time. Would I, I would like to have seen a mash episode where it focuses on each character in some way? There's um, some downtime in some way that they're able to go home. For a little bit, for like a week or something, that it focuses on each character and in their trip when when uh, they're back in their hometown or they're back in um, whichever place they live, and it kind of show almost the the way people who were working as uh, medical professionals at the time would have to adjust to civilian life the time and it's but it's not all about uh, post-traumatic stress disorder it's but it would be kind of about like um how, how do you talk to people after that and how do you explain what happened but it was uh, but i think it would be interesting to see kind of like they're still really funny and they're able to bring this this levity to an everyday life situation like i'd like to see a lot of the characters kind of go home and like see their family but they're still really happy but then with like hawkeye to such as an example um with Alan Alda, who's he, he's he's fantastic, one of the best actors uh, ever. Um, he goes home and kind of realizes he he doesn't feel comfortable when he's home. He's usually he's very tense all the time and kind of anxious, and he kind of realizes that maybe the only place he'll he feels I won't say happy but relaxed is when he's at least uh, out at, in Mash and when he's off hours. It's this way of this, uh, he like when he comes home, he doesn't he doesn't feel like he's himself again. He still feels like he's in an army doctor. That is, he's taken away from this place that he can he can help out with. And it'd be kind of a mix between the comedic sense of uh, coming home and seeing your friends again, but also with Hawkeye and not not being able to adjust back to normal life. So in this new scenario, do you think this Hawkeye would turn into 
a Hawkeye that we know from the movies and comics. I think so. I think that's is that the that's origin perfect. story of Hawkeye. Yeah. To get, he's a he's a great like marksman like bow and arrow, but he also um is a great doctor as yeah. well. So that is your are you I didn't are you saying that's the origin story? Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, you nailed it. I like that. I'm uh, I'm intrigued by this. <laughs> so yeah, I like that. I like. I feel like if we can uh, brainstorm and try to have some good ideas for other sitcoms in the past, then like we could update them and stuff like that. Yeah. So I like your idea. That'd be cool. And him coming home and just like seeing like what it would be like if uh, you know he like at, like uh, you know after he comes home from the war, right? Hawkeye. Yeah. It'd be interesting, kind of like um, it'd be almost like. I think that for each each character, which you wouldn't really seen for 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 sitcoms back then, but something which is interesting, you you could see this happening on a show um, that's almost its its successor on Scrubs. Like you, you could see an episode oh, yes, yeah. that has like a focus on each character doing something. And I feel like it's like it'd be cool to take those elements that were kind of uh, innovated on in a in a show that was. It was definitely inspired by Mash and kind of used those elements and then uh, into a show that inspired it and kind of see how how they would work in this this old this older sitcom like format. Yeah, I see a lot of um, uh, uh, influence from Mash um, that Scrubs has. So yeah, I like that. So how we can work with that a little bit. Yeah. So um, yeah, Dan a dream to do this one day. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Update Frasier and update Mash a little bit. So, yeah. so I wanted to get your just uh, off the cuff idea about this, and I wanted to see uh, if you had any ideas for if you were to do a new episode of the Batman, uh, the Adam West show. Ooh. What would you do? And we, we, we haven't discussed this before uh, this podcast and I want, yeah, we kind of wanted to do a, uh, a joint ops uh, version of the, the pitch for an episode um, explain me what joint ops is again. <laughs> that was the um, <laughs> it, it was the the, the the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 award you would get where it would be uh, joint ops was the award and then I would, I would have a uh, some weed leaves uh, kind of in the background you can't hear this, but I'm pounding my head <laughs> against the, the chair that I'm sitting at. Um, but it's that that's a th- real thing. Anyway, so uh, you would say a scenario for Batman '66 um, updated version. So I like to think so. That was you know obviously everyone knows Batman '66 was a comedic in tone, right? I like to see. I, I just thought this on the top of my head, but well, we can brainstorm a little bit more and bounce things off each other. What if Batman Adam West Batman um um got obsessed with the Batman Arkham games and <laughs> and Robin will be like you have to fight crime Batman and he's like no I'm, I'm really I'm stuck in this level but then the plot twist is that the Riddler created those games oh yeah so, so he's like, he's he like distracting Batman because it's so addicting yeah and he's addicting oh. uh, again and you could even turn it like into Gotham City like he's addicting everyone in Gotham City but yeah. like um so then so he makes the game so good that, that Batman, he's distracted. But the Riddler, he's upset because he's realizing he's made he's made it so good that he doesn't have a an opponent anymore. Like right. Batman's not in the game, and without an opponent, 
how can you prove you're the smartest? Exactly. So he so the Riddler. Then, so and he made the game so impossible that people keep and there's no end to it. So it's like a loop. Like they keep playing it, and then so he basically just goes. Um, uh, he, he robs bank and stuff, but he's like so bored with this. He's just like he hacks everyone's systems, and he's like, yeah. here's the ending. That's it. And then uh, and then he then he does another crime. And then, but again, then that make kind of makes Batman stupid. But we can we can work with that. You know, I think so. it'd be interesting where it's like he makes the game so hard, and then with Batman he keeps beating him, and then with the Riddler he takes those elements from the game and makes uh, his own his own uh, a death trap that's like the games that has elements from it, and because of that it's it's so dangerous no one could get out. But because Batman has played those games so much. He's he's been ingratiated he, with the and and Riddler's like I almost got you. He's like well he's like remember in that level you left a little like space for me. He's like I I darn it Batman. He's like got you. So um I like that. Do you have an idea for Batman or another show and, that um, I'm gonna bounce off? Of? That was good. I I would like to do. I would like to seen um a type of I was trying to think of something for Batman, and I do like uh, yeah. I love that Riddler uh, aspect of it. I love the scene of Ra's al Ghul uh, on Batman sixty six and make it still comedic, but have this almost adventure sense of almost an Indiana Jones as kind of episode of, uh, of Batman Robin having to do um, solve this mystery that's that's worldwide. They they have a there's a caper in in Gotham, but their clue leads them to somewhere in Egypt, and they have to go uh, around the world. And it's almost there's this way of uh, with not only Batman but also Bruce Wayne, he has to use his uh, his abilities to to go in and have connections with uh, with people and be able to find out. I like that. Make it like a like swashbuckling adventure of Batman yeah. sixty six. I like that. I, mean, I think we could think of some ideas. Um, um, I mean, uh, yeah, I think uh, we we could we could do more. So yeah, uh, I like that idea. Like thinking more like plot ideas for Batman sixty six. I like that. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Um. Alright. So um, I guess we can wrap this one up. Uh, we'll think of more ideas, but um, we'll uh try uh get back to you on this. But but um, just want to remind everyone that if you didn't forget, Christmas is coming up. A few weeks, like two more weeks, two and a half more weeks, no, one yeah. and a half more weeks. Yeah. I think uh, so we'll try to um, we'll try to make a Christmas episode. What, yeah. what, what, what kind of idea? What, what would you want to talk about? Would you want to talk about Christmas food or Christmas movies or just all things Christmas? We could do almost like a yeah, we could do almost uh, so, um, yeah, just a, a plethora of Christmas topics of everyone's favorite uh, food and 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 uh, what's your favorite traditions of Christmas that. Most people don't do and are kind of unique to. I can think of some people, yeah. stuff, but we'll we'll save that for next week. So yeah, we'll definitely come back with you on that one. Um, so I hope everyone liked this episode. We'll uh, just let us know in the comments uh, what you thought and maybe more ideas for us to record about. So um, I'm glad everyone listened and liked everything. So um, we'll meet you again, not meet you, but talk to you again in the face uh, soon. So uh, have a good uh, holidays, but um. Um, keep watching TV from us. Yeah. This is Brandon signing off. This is Ryan signing off. Good night, everyone.